Welcome to the podcast today. We have a big announcement on Blaze TV. A brand new person coming on board for a new show, Jason Whitlock. Uh, he's going to be on the show today uh, talking about the new announcement. You can get his show on part as part of your Blaze TV subscription uh, at blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks. We also talk about how LeBron James has become the most hated man in all of basketball. Not a stunner to me, exactly. You can get your t-shirt at don'tbealebron.com. It says, don't be an idiot. Don't be a LeBron. T-shirts, mugs, everything available at don'tbealebron.com. We also get into the lab leak theory and how bad the media was trying to cover it or cover it up. And uh, fossil fuels are always vilified by companies using fossil fuels. Uh, a Someone has come up with a brand new idea on how to make that point with a billboard. I think you're going to appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and click over to Stu Does America. We have a new episode today. Uh, click over there, subscribe, rate, and review. Remember, five stars is the appropriate number of stars. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. the day i am so happy to be able to uh make this announcement i've been waiting for this announcement to happen uh anybody who listens to this program or or watches the blaze you might have picked up on this direction uh but today the blaze is thrilled to announce the addition of a new program on the blaze and a new voice and a new writer Jason Whitlock is now joining uh, Blaze TV. He'll be on with us in about an hour. I just wanted to give you, there's a story written by him on the Blaze. It's the front page, big story, first, first story uh, on theblaze.com. Uh, I urge you to read it. I want you to listen to what he said. Fear is the enemy of truth, freedom, and the American dream. I signed a contract to partner with Blaze Media on a digital media project dedicated to pushing back against the corporate-supported systematic effort to undermine America through racial division and fear. I joined Blaze Media because I wanted to partner with people who wouldn't look at me funny when I referred to Jesus as part of my journalistic worldview and platform. I joined Blaze Media because Glenn Beck smiled when I said Jesus is the only solution for what ails America. Because Steve Dace wears his faith publicly, and so does Phil Robertson and Allie Beth Stuckey and others. I want you to know I'm not a sports journalist turned preacher. I'm not a finger-wagging hypocrite looking down on people who don't share my belief. I'm a sinner. I'm the same guy. This is amazing. I'm the same guy who wrote hilarious pussy galore columns for Fox Sports. I'm the same guy who used to waste his time and money drinking and carousing inside the Spearmint Rhino in Las Vegas, Tootsie's in Miami, Diamond Joe's in Kansas City, and Magic City in Atlanta. We should talk about those sins, shouldn't we, when he's on next hour, Stu? I'm someone who knows that in order for me to make better decisions in all aspects of my life, I need Jesus. Um, as someone who recognizes that any success I've achieved in a 30-year career is a byproduct of the values of my grandmother, a Chinese church in Indianapolis, my parents, my siblings, and all those things instilled in me as a young boy. You're going to love Jason Whitlock. Uh, he, is, um, he is starting a new program, uh, and we'll have all of the details, uh, details with him coming up 
in about an hour from now. Also, another announcement uh, that I'm very excited about. Conversations with the 45th president. It is the American History Tour. And it is going to be hosted by Bill O'Reilly. And Bill O'Reilly will be joined on stage by President Trump. It's dubbed the uh, History Tour. President Trump will provide a never-before-heard inside view of his administration, which will be historical in and of itself. The tour will include four dates, kicks off in Sunrise, Florida, December 11th and 12th, other events slated for two Texas cities, Houston and Dallas, on December 18th and 19th. These will be wonderful but hard-hitting sessions where we will talk about the real problems happening in the U.S., uh, that those uh, fake news media seems to never mention. I'll be focusing on the greatness of our country, something seldom discussed in political di- dialogue. If we don't make our country great again, we will soon no longer have a country. That's from President Trump, and he's going to be working with Bill O'Reilly. Uh, and this should be very, very fun. I'm excited to talk to him about that and so much more on Friday. Now, why is the why is the tour with uh, President Trump and Bill O'Reilly important? Some will mock it and they'll say that Bill O'Reilly, he's not a journalist. Yes, he is. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, he's just a right wing hack. No, he's no, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, you can say a lot of things about Bill O'Reilly and I have. Uh, but a right wing hack is not one of them. Bill O'Reilly uh, many times uh, has, as you know, if you ever watched us or listened to us, many times he disagrees. I may be a right-wing hack, but he's not. Um, and uh, for someone to actually set the record straight as a journalist uh, with Bill O'Reilly, even though it's only in a theater, is important because no one else will. Did you see what happened yesterday, uh, Stu? When uh, Twitter went crazy with people saying Donald Trump is so out of control, he was wearing his pants on backwards at his at his latest uh, rally. No, I missed. What? I missed pants on backwards gate. Oh, did you really? I did. Did you honestly? Yeah, it was everywhere yesterday. The left was claiming that Donald Trump was where he was so out of control that he was wearing his pants on backward. He's a private citizen now. He can wear his pants on backward if he wants to, but I assume he was he not. He wasn't wearing right. his. Okay. He was not wearing his pants backward, but this is how crazy it has gotten. You can have Joe Biden out there going, well, COVID in the last hundred years, it killed a billion people. And they don't say a thing. Donald Trump comes out and they're like, uh, let's say he was wearing his pants on backwards. And people believe it. People believe it is so crazy. So crazy. Um, What's happening with Fauci? I know you've been gone for a couple of days. Where are you standing on Fauci? Because I bet it's not the same place I'm at. Uh, I mean, I just don't care. I don't know why we're so obsessed with the guy. I'm I'm bored with Fauci, frankly. Um, But I, you know, he's a guy that doesn't have any power of his own on his own. Uh, So he's just he's he his power comes from the media largely. Uh, Now, of course, Biden has empowered him uh, maybe, you know, to make I mean, he can't make policy, right? He can't. 
He is not in a position to make policy. So the fact that he comes out and makes dumb recommendations on MSNBC every three days is not all that interesting to me. But I do understand why it's important to understand because of his general media influence and the positions he's been given by the last couple of administrations in that sense. It is important to understand where his head was at the time. I think I think it goes deeper than that. Are you familiar with uh, Christian Anderson? Yes. Uh, and what's happened with this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the scientist. So, so let me give a rundown of, of this. He is a virologist. His name is Christian Anderson. He wrote to Dr. Fauci responding to an article t- titled Mining Coronavirus Genomes for Clues to the Outbreak's Origins. Fauci told Anderson, quote, it's uh, of interest to the current discussion. Anderson replied, some features do look engineered. I should mention that after discussion earlier today, Eddie, Bob, Mike, and myself all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. So in other words, what he's saying here, and he was a big guy on, it came from the lab at the beginning, Christian Anderson, big Mm -hmm. guy on, came from the lab, came from the lab, had to, Mm -hmm. because of evolutionary theory, which means it started someplace, it got into bats, then bats some passed it to another animal, and then another animal passed it to humans, and it changes every time to make it easier. Well, this one went from supposedly bats to humans. Rare, not not impossible, but rare. But then they started looking at it, and they started seeing markers that were not evolutionary. They were they were spliced in, it appeared, yeah. that it was spliced in. In all of the most convenient places, if it was going to be engineered through like a gain-of-function research type of situation. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. So he said COVID-19 appears to be manipulated in a lab. That's when Fauci says, hey, we need to talk soon. I'll call you. The next day, Fauci sent an urgent email to his deputy uh, with the subject line important. And he wrote, Hugh, it's essential that we speak this morning. Keep your cell phone on. Read this paper as well as the email I will forward. You have tasks today that must be done. We don't know what those tasks were. Maybe it was just, hey, I need some more soap. The document attached was the SARS gain of function PDF. So right after one of Fauci's trusted scientific advisors suggests COVID-19 could be man-made, while Fauci and associates dismiss the possibility as a conspiracy theory, he shot a research paper concerning the gain of function research, which Fauci was funding at the Wuhan Institute of, Vir- of, Vir- of Virology to his deputy. Eight weeks later, Anderson reverses course. He writes a paper calling into doubt whether COVID-19 was engineered. He didn't rule it out. But he he made the apparent consensus earlier muddy. Now, it's interesting because just a couple of months later, Anderson would receive the first installment of a five year grant of nearly two million dollars per year. The guy who had been receiving the NAI funding in the past, Peter Daszak, uh, he was funding the Wuhab lab. He also received one point five million. Dazek is has been regular, rigorous, rigorously trying to claim that the lab leak possibility is nothing more than a conspiracy theory. In fact, he actually emailed Dr. Fauci to thank him for helping shooting all that down. 
and the, the I'm sure the funds that he was directing to the Wuhan lab had nothing to do with gain of function. Oh, yes, it did. Christian Anderson has also come out publicly on Twitter attempting to put doubt in the lab leak theory. Remember, the theory that was the consensus among him and his peers back in January 20th. He's been on a Twitter crusade using the platform to sow lab leak doubt. Here's where it gets even more interesting. Over the weekend, Anderson's tweets before March 7th of this year began to disappear. Over 5,000 of his tweets are gone. Then when people started saying, hey, he's erasing his history, something else disappeared. His entire blue check Twitter account. Now, smoking gun. Mm. You got a lot of things that look bad, but is it a smoking gun? I don't know. I do know that uh, Barack Obama outlawed the uh, gain of function. He said no money is to go to that. Fauci made sure money after Trump was elected, money went to the gain of function, but is denied that any of that money went to gain of function. He said, I gave it to these people and what they did with it. I'm not really sure. I mean, I wasn't saying bull crap. He was for gain of function. He has been for gain of function research. And and he he is for other labs doing it. He was for the Wuhan lab doing it. By the way, your dentist has about the same kind of security uh, as the bioweapons level two lab had in Wuhan. Uh, so Fauci mm-hmm. uh, in 2000, I think it was 2012. Uh, had a uh, an opinion paper where he basically outlined that he was he understood the huge risks of this. Our own uh, Tyler Carden here, at the Blaze, who's a great follow on Twitter as well, uh, hit this long before it was being reported in the conservative media. Um, and I it, he put the study out there, and that study showed that you know Fauci was even knew he was aware of the of the dangers of this and was and was worried about it and still uh wound up directing funds to an organization that was directing funds to uh gain of function research in wuhan uh it is a i mean look there's a lot to question here i think and we you're as you point out there's not like a smoking gun but there is uh, you know like you want to know what is the reason for the switch in opinion it could be Right. That the scientists had an opinion early on uh-huh. and had the and saw ex- expanded information and believes that they their initial opinion was wrong. I mean, that does happen. And, uh, but it right. also and it's a just you wonder why it's also just a coincidence that he got uh, five years of funding in his first installment of two million dollars, you know, just a couple of months after, uh, you know, being on record over and over and over again. Uh, saying that that's not true. It also could be that Dr. Fauci had no idea that EcoHealth Alliance uh, had funneled $600,000 to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to study coronaviruses in bats, something something that Fauci wanted desperately to happen, which, which is weird because it was his group that gave EcoHealth Alliance the $600,000 to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I mean, I just, I, I think the guy is, uh, if we lived in a world where justice actually happened, 
I think this guy might end up in jail um, because I think he has lied to the American people over and over again. And I think there was something there was a big cover up uh, on this. That's my opinion. Uh, We'll watch to see what happens. And unfortunately, uh, in the old days, you would have to wait for the media to do it. Well, thanks to you, places like the Blaze Media and others are on the case. And we don't wait around for them anymore. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Well, we have an announcement today that I have been waiting for, uh, and I am bummed that I'm out of town that I can't be there and uh, stand shoulder to shoulder with Jason Whitlock, who is now a new Blaze TV host, the host of Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Jason, welcome, brother. Thank you, and it's awesome to be here. Uh I've been waiting just as long as you have, but uh, (laughs) it finally came together. The day is finally here. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us what Fearless is, why it's going to be different, and even different, really, from anything the Blaze has ever seen. Well, uh, look, I don't know. The goal is going to be the same. We're going to be a digital media platform dedicated to promoting a culture of fearlessness, free speech, truth-seeking, and American patriotism. And I think that's what everybody at The Blaze is trying to do. We're just going yes. to probably be a little more melanin-rich as we do it. Maybe on the <laughs> surface, look a little different. Uh, right, but okay. I think we're all going to be, or most of us will be united by our faith in God and our belief in country and a belief like that, hey, man, this can't go on much farther. We can't continue to strip America of what made it great. And that was our Judeo-Christian culture. And it's being stripped and taken from us. And I want to go at this boldly and directly and, and just point it out and try to uh, explain to people that our Christian faith has been our secret weapon combined with the black African-American journey here in America in terms of making America live up to the ideals expressed in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And so I was talking to a loved one and a family member yesterday, and they were saying, you know, we just need to be taught black history. And I'm like, no, we need to be taught American history properly. Yes. And yes, because you're separating us from America and that's wrong, because if America really understood its history and understood the role that African-Americans have played in making America great in this, the greatest human experience, uh, experiment we've ever seen, if not for the African-American journey and what people of faith compelled, forced America to do, to live up to 
our our espoused Christian faith and things we said in the Declaration of Independence. And so we are baked into American greatness. And if everybody understood that, we'd quit separating ourselves along this black-white racial divide and understand that we accomplished these things together. And yes, there was pain and there was struggle and there was unfairness, but what we accomplished over the course of these 250-some-odd years is incredible. It's unmatched across the globe. And we need to take pride in that. Uh, the African-American journey does not damn America. It, it explains America and our unprecedented resolve to do better. You know, I am so glad to uh, to hear you talk about we don't need to learn African-American history. We, we need to learn American history properly. I'm going to I'm going to ask you a question and I bet you don't know um, who is the fallen soldier that is uh, credited as the reason the uh, American Revolution started. Do you know, it's not Christmas. Christmas Attic. Yes, good, 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 good. You got that one. Most Americans might know that one. Uh, who was the African American that ended the uh, revolution? That was critical and ended it. Don't know that one. Uh, he, he, James Armistead. He was a spy for George Washington. And he went in and uh, uh, was undercover with the British, said, I'm an escaped slave, and oh, they're just treating me so horribly. They believed him. He became instrumental in the hierarchy uh, as an assistant in the uh, British Army. He got word where Cornwallis was going to be. He sent it to Washington. Washington was there unbeknownst to cornwallis and that's what ended the war we have the ending of that war to thank james armistead for ending it and ending the bloodshed by the way the guy who saved the american military very early on i think it was at the battle of yorktown uh was peter salem another black guy he he took the shot that all Americans were running because they were just routing us. He stood his ground. He had one shot left. He shot the commander of the British uh, army uh, in the head. That stopped them pushing. Otherwise, they would have routed us and we would have had no soldiers left. There were three examples of American history that revolve around very important black American citizens that nobody knows. Glenn, I can't off the top of my head call the name, but George Washington and these guys were trapped somewhere, and I think it was a smallpox epidemic that ran through them, and it was an African slave that taught them to cut a wound and uh, put the smallpox in the wound. It was the first vaccine, basically. And it's there's so our contribution to America's history and ascension is unquestioned. It's just untaught. It's underappreciated. Uh, we think that the left 
has turned the African-American journey into its own. It can only be explained by tragedy. It can only be explained by what white bigots did to us. It, 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 again, it, it's like we're, we haven't been participants in America's greatness. We've only been participants in suffering. And that's a joke. And it's, it's racist to teach history that way. Uh, it, it's, you're basically assigning us to a place where we have no agency. We, we're, we're less than human. We're not as courageous. We're not as fearless. We're not as motivated as anybody else. We're just victims. It's wrong. It's got to be untaught. People have to, black and white people, we need to see our necessariness of each other, that we have made each mm-hmm. other great. And we've been an incredible combination that has slayed the world. And, and the world realizes it. that's why they're trying to pit us against each other and promote all this racial division. So let me, uh, let me ask you this. The Journal of American Psychoanalytic Association just published a uh, peer-reviewed research article that says being white is a malignant, parasitic-like condition. It's dangerous, discriminatory, and a perverse mental condition. Uh, Parasitic whiteness has the power without limit, force without restriction, violence without mercy, it has a drive to hate and terrorize. It easily infiltrates infiltrates even groups founded on the protection of individuals and democratic principles. And it has no long-term or permanent cure. What? Do, that's just racism. That's in medicine it's, now. It's paid for racism and propaganda. It speaks to, to me, to China's influence over American culture and all of our institutions that I don't believe the people that wrote it believe it, but I believe they are benefiting. They believe they're benefiting by promoting that type of bigotry and nonsense. And look, the, I believe that the globalists, the elites, they prefer China's system of governance, and they want yep. us to adopt that. And and so look, and I related to sports, and you, you mentioned LeBron James being the most hated NBA player or whatever. But for LeBron James, when he goes to China, he's treated like a king. They shower him with affection, love, money, adoration, blah blah blah. He, and so he thinks, what's the matter with China? This is great. America needs to be more mm-hmm. like China. There are more basketball fans, and a, there's a more passionate love affair with basketball in China than in America. And so for LeBron James, who's worth a half billion dollars or, or whatever, China and their system is great, and he thinks, well, why shouldn't that be like, it should be like this over here in America. Look how great I'm being treated. But the overwhelming majority of Americans and the overwhelming majority of Americans with black skin, they're not six foot eight NBA stars. And so I wish we could shrink LeBron James down to 5'10 and send him over to China and see how he gets treated when he's not a billionaire NBA superstar. Jason Whitlock, now officially a Blaze TV host of Fearless. You already have uh, the Apple podcast out, uh, episode zero. What, what do people need to do to... Uh, 
uh, to find you and make sure that you are growing at a very rapid race, a uh, race, a <laughs> rapid pace. Oh, my gosh. On Apple Podcasts. Well, they need to go hit that subscribe button, provide a rating. Uh, the first, Episode zero is just a conversation between me and Uncle Jimmy. Uh, many people know Uncle Jimmy's my sidekick from radio in Kansas City and television at Fox Sports, and he's joining with me at uh, The Blaze and The Fearless to be my sidekick there. He just interviews me in Episode Zero, and we probably go for an hour, hour and 20 minutes, but it'll give you an indication of what the show and what the platform and what we're trying to accomplish and walks you through some of my history. And he asked me questions about what's transpired with me the past couple of years at Fox Sports and Outkick. But go check that out. It'll just It's just warming you up for the launch of the podcast, the official launch on July 6th, I think, is when the first episode will come out. We'll do that from here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, but just hit that subscribe button and, and leave a comment, a, a rating, a remark, a review, and you know we'll keep we'll just get the momentum rolling. Yeah. Um, and when do you when do you do a TV show? Do you, have you announced July any of that? And when it's July sixth. July sixth. It'll be July on the blaze. 6th. Yeah. See, we're right. celebrating the July fourth on the fifth because the fourth falls on a Sunday. And so we're going to start the day after our, uh, independence day celebration and be a great kickoff yeah. day. What a, what a great addition you are to the blaze. And I'm thrilled. Jason Whitlock, formerly of ESPN of Fox, uh, sports. And, uh, what was the other, what was the other one? I'm sorry. I can't remember the last one. Outkick. We're at, uh, I've, been I'm not a sportsman. I've been a little Outkick. everywhere. Kansas city star. Yeah. Yeah. For, 16 years as a columnist and you know i think this is going to be uh the greatest thing i do in in my career because i i think i'm going to get to be the full version of jason whitlock and uh, i think anybody that's followed me knows that you know i'm humorous or uh, like to laugh you, uh you know like jason people 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 say all the time, uh, at least they used to, that Glenn Beck controls all of the show. Do I even know what your show really is? Have I have I talked and played a role in any of that at all? Not at all, <laughs> other than no. You know, you've been the light. Being welcome. Say that you've been a light Thank in you. terms of inspiring me and making me look. When I came to Dallas, one of those trips, and you took me over to the museum and showed me, you know, original documents from Thomas Jefferson. You have no idea what an impact that had on me. And mm. just, I, I just think it's important for those of us that are believers, we got to support each other and, and we got to yeah. work together and we have to be the example that America needs right now. And, and through that, you know, just by us doing our little part, it, it'll have a huge impact on the rest of the country. Jason Whitlock, I'm thrilled, thrilled to have you part of the blaze, uh, thrilled to be your coworker. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless. Jason Whitlock, uh, his show Fearless with Jason Whitlock is on Apple iPad, uh, I, 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 uh, iPod uh, and um, 
uh, God, I can't even think straight for some reason now. Uh, and Spotify, you can listen to episode zero right now, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure that you uh, subscribe, uh, rate, and review. That helps that to be discovered by other people. This is a great, great addition uh, to The Blaze. He is truly fearless. He has been called everything. I mean, the guy, the guy uh, helped create uh, Fox Sports and divisions at, at ESPN. He is a mover and shaker who is now on the outs uh, because he won't toe the line. And he is truly fearless on that. And I think you're going to see an even more fearless Jason Whitlock than you ever have before uh, because he owns it. This is him. He doesn't have to play by anybody else's rules. These are his rules. Fearless. If you want to see his show, you got to subscribe to The Blaze. Let's all stand together. Subscribe to The Blaze and save 10% now by going to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save. Become a part of the family. Join us. The American economy is in trouble. Uh, I believe we are going to, all of us, uh, be in for about a 40% haircut when they change the dollar to a digital dollar. It is coming. I just don't know when. Inflation is coming. I just don't know when, but we're printing more and more money. Fuel and wood skyrocketing. Most people's jobs won't keep up with inflation at some point. Food prices are rising fast. Taxes are going up. Whether you want to admit it or not, we are facing tough times. Please take some of the pressure off of yourself right now and prepare for what is coming. Right now, you have an opportunity to save $50 off of a full four-week supply of really good, calorie-rich meals that the whole family will love. My Patriot Supply makes it easy to stay prepared at all times, and everything ships fast and discreetly to your door. Everyone should have at least a four-week food supply on hand, and you can save $50 now on this supply. Please don't put it off any longer. Go to preparewithglenn.com, preparewithglenn.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. I every day I'm looking for people who are standing up and doing things, be it small or big, but just standing up with the power that they have uh, and whatever that is, just doing their part of of uh, standing for the truth and saying, no, this is this is a lie and I'm not going to go along with it. Those are the people that are going to actually save our country and our culture and quite honestly, the truth. You are going to love this guy. His name is Chris Wright. He's the CEO of Liberty Oil Field Services. Um, let me just give you a little bit of, uh, of his background. He has spoken on energy to the UK House of Lords, state's attorney general, federal and state judges, debated the merits of uh, shale revolution on TV, given over 100 talks. His undergraduate degree in mechanical engineering at MIT, graduate work in electrical engineering at both UC Berkeley and MIT. He has consulted and, and taught courses on all six inhabited co continents and authored or co-authored over 60 technical papers and art articles. He has received numerous industry awards, several U.S. patents. He's worked on fusion energy, solar energy, and ge geothermal energy. He grew up in California, I'm sorry, in Colorado, and is passionate as skiing, cycling, climber. 
he's an outdoor guy, but I'm not going to hold that against him. Welcome to the program, Chris. How are you? Thanks, Glenn. Gr- glad to be here. Very glad to be here. <laughs> okay. So tell the audience what you have done with billboards in Colorado. Well, North Face, which makes awesome outdoor apparel that I've been using for years, uh, and they made a bunch of jackets for my company two years ago, proudly co-branded Liberty and North Face. And then this year, I don't know why, but they changed their policy, and another company tried to make outdoor jackets from North Face with their logo on it. And North Face chose not to do that, saying they essentially they didn't want to associate with oil and gas. Um, And I've been for years trying to get a real honest dialogue about energy going. So we took this opportunity to point out that North Face jackets are made out of oil and gas, almost completely made out of oil and gas. So how can you choose not to associate with something that's the essential material that you make your equipment out of? So we put a billboard up saying that. And And Glenn, sorry, I'm talking too long. But we put up a billboard. The billboard says that North Face puffer looks good on you. It's made out of fossil fuels. Thank you. And most billboard companies did not want to run that billboard. They thought it was controversial. Facebook put a hold on our, this brief video just saying the jacket looks good. This is what it's made of. In today's world, that is controversial. Uh, and it's, uh, it's strange that they can hold you back from saying the absolute truth. You're not saying anything bad about North Face. You're just saying, look... Most of most of the fabrics, most of our clothing in the world is made out of fossil fuels. It is. If if fossil fuels weren't around today, so many millions of people would die almost overnight because your medicine, a lot of the medicines, the capsules all made from uh, from petrochemicals. Uh, some of the uh, some of the things that we put on for fertilizer and and also uh, to keep the bugs from eating all of it petrochemicals everything if we took petrochemicals out how long would we survive chris well likely half of the world would die certainly within a year or two food food production would drop 60 percent just getting rid of the natural gas that's used to synthesize nitrogen and pesticides. That's not even counting factories and transport, I mean, uh, tractors and transportation. So, yeah, food supply would drop rapidly as grain stocks depleted. Yeah, certainly it would be mass deaths. But, I, I, Glenn, I agree very so wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. We would be reduced by 60%, and that's not including the transportation that uses fuel? That's correct. Just food production, wow. food production would drop by 60%. You're right. The, 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 the total impacts would be even worse than that because the remaining 40% of the food without fossil fuels, how would we transport it across the oceans? How would we get it in trucks to towns and villages and trains? So, yeah, the real impact would be much worse than 60% of humanity dying. Um, so, look, I love fossil fuels, and as you said so nicely, Glenn, there's nothing wrong with North Face building their clothes out of fossil fuels. In fact, it's fantastic. 
It's their cheap, simple materials that have sort of taken the pressure a little bit off. Cotton and wool are the other big natural fabrics. Of course, we couldn't grow cotton and wool in the magnitudes we do today without fossil fuels for tractors, for shipping, for spinning, for the manufacture of it. So you know, my whole point, and I think you've made it already, is fossil fuels aren't bad. They aren't hurting the world. In fact, they're enabling these wonderful lives we have in the modern world. And we should celebrate that, and we should work our butts off so the last third of people living in virtual energy poverty can get these modern energy conveniences, these modern products, so they can have the wonderful lives we have. That, that's the real crisis. So when you see things like the Green New Deal, what do you think? It's, it, it, it's, it's nuts, because it won't meaningfully change the energy mix of where we get energy from in the world, but it will make energy more expensive. It will make the electricity grid less reliable. You know, we'll spend trillions of dollars doing it. So I think it's hard to make a case that really is going to better people's lives. Um, and so that's, you know, just people tend to be naive about energy. It's become very political, very dogmatic. And of course, you know, what good comes out of that? When, when we think about, you know, they, they talk about a, a world without fossil fuels, you can't even, you, you wouldn't be able to sow without uh, fossil fuels. The oil that is used in, in just lubricating uh, simple things, you wouldn't be able to do these things. So when they say a world without fossil fuels, and we're going to be all on, uh, you know, solar and wind, which is nonsense, uh, how, have you ever heard anyone address what we do besides go back to whale oil? Yeah, Clint, it, it's, it's just unfortunate. It's just a misinformed dialogue. And, and, and to follow up on your point, it's simply impossible to build a wind turbine or a solar farm without fossil fuels. There's over 100 tons of coal inside of every tower of every wind turbine. The blades are made out of oil and gas. They're manufactured in plants about oil and gas. They're installed with giant cranes powered by diesel and trains that deliver these giant things to assemble them. So wind power itself couldn't exist without fossil fuels. And if you look at the last sort of 20 years, the world has spent a few trillion dollars on wind and solar, a lot of it subsidies, some of it real investment money, but they provide somewhere between 2 to 3% of world energy. I'm for all energy sources. Solar certainly got a role to Me play too. in the world. And if any other new energy technology comes along, fantastic. But you're right that this, this, this sort of naive belief that in 10 years or 30 years, you know, we're going we're gonna to spend some trillions of dollars and get rid of fossil fuels, that's simply unphysical. It's simply not going to happen. Whether it's good or bad is a different argument, but it's definitely not going to happen. Do you have, uh, I saw a list once, and I, I, I don't know where I saw it, and I wish I could find it again. All of the things that petrochemicals are responsible for, um, it, it's just, there's just the, the inventions that would have to be uh, uh, hatched, the, the patents that would have to be filed, the ideas that would have to be completely changed, the new substance to replace it that has not been invented yet. It is almost in everything in our life. So when we think of fossil fuels, we're not just thinking cars. Oh, 
I, I, it's very personal to me. I wouldn't be alive today. I never would have celebrated my 14th birthday party if not for oil and gas. I'm type 1 diabetic, so my pancreas stopped working when I was 13 years old. That's a death sentence. You've got a few weeks, maybe a few months throughout all of human history. Only 100 years ago, because of modern medicine, wealth, travel for conferences, plastics, which are essential, as you already mentioned, for making drugs and pharmaceuticals, without all of those things, I never would have got to 14. Think of the COVID. Think of battling COVID. All that personal protective equipment, all those medical gowns and masks and everything, they're all made out of oil and gas. Even the carrier fluid in the vaccine itself that's injected into people's arms, that is oil and gas. So yeah, petrochemicals are just essential to modern life. They're one of the just truly awesome things that come from oil and gas, independent of energy. 15% of oil is used in materials, not in energy. So when you put the North Face billboards up, hey, North Face, uh, North Face puffer looks great on you, made from fossil fuels, thanks. Uh, what was the response? Have you had any response from North Face? No response from, from North Face. And, you know, and look, I, I should say, I think North Face is more a symptom than a cause of this problem. You know, we just live in a world and think of Green New Deal where people can say just nonsensical things about energy and everyone else will repeat them and believe they're true or sort of true. And so in kids, kids are taught today, you know, that oil and gas are evil and, you know, climate change is going to end the world in 10 years. It's a crisis. Kids have nightmares over this. And so we're, we, we're, we're preaching a narrative that's just a long way away from reality. Um, we, we just published a, a report, Glenn, on the Liberty website called Bettering Human Lives. And it just goes over where does the world get energy? What is this issue with energy poverty? A third of humans are cooking their daily meals, burning wood, dung, or agricultural waste inside their mm-hmm. house or their hut. You know, this kills millions of people. And so, and, and climate change, of course, is a real phenomenon, but it's a slow-moving, relatively modest problem compared to poverty energy poverty, malnutrition, and a number of other things that the world is making great progress on. But if we make energy more expensive and less reliable, we're going to slow that progress. Um, So in any case, we tried to put some perspective around it. But perspective or sobriety is very rare in the energy world these days, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You can find that, I assume, at thankyounorthface.com. Um, well, it's on the, it's at the libertyfrack.com website. Um, maybe okay. I can put a pointer there to get you from there. Okay. Uh, libertyfrack.com. What is yes. it? Yeah. Libertyfrack.com. Yeah, and the All report's right. called Chris, Human Lives. Uh, thank you so much. I'm sure we will be running into each other again. I I love what you're doing. You know, you say it's North Face is just a symptom. No, every single one of us have uh, the opportunity and, quite honestly, the responsibility to not make money off of lies, but instead to say, let's slow down here. This is right. This is wrong. I believe this. I believe that. But not to further lies and, and especially to profit off of those lies is ugliness. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Glenn. You and the viewers. Take care.